This is the Lifestyle as Medicine podcast, and I am Mike Riccio, longtime personal trainer, professional strength coach, gym owner, and most importantly, a devoted modern father and husband. I've been fortunate to learn under some of the most intelligent minds in health and fitness over the past 15 years, as well as work with amazing clients and athletes. What I've most fallen in love with over the years is the power we have over our lives, the power to decrease risk of disease and injury, the power to reach our true potential, the deep abilities the body is capable of when all aspects of health are working simultaneously. On this podcast, you will learn the importance of preventative health and how to optimize your habits to optimize your life. Today, you're hearing from Coach Lori Verda, fitness professional, a colleague of mine, and someone I'm I'm lucky enough to call a friend. Coach Verda primarily works out of Texas now, and she's going to tell you all about the Steel Mace, a very specific exercise tool that has not only transformed her fitness life, but also her personal life and brought a different quality of life to herself as well. And in this episode, we get into this idea of authenticity and the power that comes with truly understanding and knowing yourself and giving yourself the opportunity to do so, which might come along with making some difficult choices and removing some negative limiting factors in your life. We talk a lot about just alcohol and negative influences and whatever it might be. Okay, we all have different limiting factors and we all have different lives, but but where we all are similar is that change might have to occur and it may come in the form of finding our true happiness and our true passion and what really, truly powers us. So we're going to dig deep into all that today and our personal experiences for both ourselves and, and our clients. It's a powerful episode. I have my own personal takeaways from it, so I know you will as well. Listen in, let me know what you think, send me some comments, and as always, please rate and review. Enjoy. All right, I am on with longtime friend, most importantly, colleague, someone that motivates me every day. Again, good friend, Lori Verda. Lori, thank you for being on today. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. I really appreciate it. Yeah, as... I'm always excited to record because I enjoy recording, but you know, you and I go we're way back and uh, we had a really good pre-recording and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to where this goes. But before we go there, do you want to start a little bit about yourself? Tell us about yourself and kind of how you yeah. got to where you are. Yeah, sure. I'll try and keep it brief. So I'm currently living in Texas and working as a trainer and a row coach, an indoor rowing coach at the Row House in West Briscoe. I've been training, coaching, whatever term you want to toss on it these days since the probably almost 20 years, just about 20 years. I've done bodybuilding. I've done marathons. I've done cycling in the last, I would say it's been about four years. I got into steel mace, which falls under the umbrella of unconventional strength training, right? Um, Loved kettlebells for years. You know, we go back to the Equinox days and did various certifications. But so the steel mace was sort of an extension of that. I was interested in clubs and more mace work. So that has been life altering. And prior to that, back in my childhood, I was a competitive equestrian. So my husband and I were talking about it today. I mean, basically from the time I started riding horses at five or six, from that point on, and I'm 44, there's been some form of athletics, whether I'm coaching it or I'm doing it in my life basically my entire life. <laughs> so now I'm down here in North Texas. We're just North of Dallas. 
and doing what I love. Just, just doing the thing. Yeah. And I, I love your work with the mace and today we'll, we'll be directing people to your, your page to see it. But for those that don't know what that is, let's explain it. So what is the tool? Okay. So we, we use, I use what's called a steel mace, an easy reference. It's like a kettlebell, like the bell on a stick, right? So you have a long lever with a load at the end. So you immediately have this unusual piece of equipment because it's asymmetrically loaded, right? So it's great for, I've often tell people it's one of the best feedback tools I've ever used because Mm -hmm. even though you may not be aware where you have some imbalances or some issues, it will definitely reveal those in short order. Originally, the steel mace is actually derived out of a tool that was used in India called the gata. It looks like a bamboo stick. It's typically made out of bamboo, as I understand, with like a concrete ball on the end or concrete weight. And it was used for rotational strength training for their wrestlers. And um, there's a gentleman here, Jake Shannon, who I think it was back in 2006, took the gata and basically Americanized it. I mean, he was trying to create it with materials that were affordable. And so steel was the material of choice and tried to keep the dimensions relatively similar to Agata. So again, you have a long handle with a weight on the end. You change the diameter of the handle or you change the length of the handle relative to the weight at the end. It changes sort of the whole equation. But it's a very, very cool tool. I ordered mine by accident. I was actually trying to order a set of steel clubs and this thing arrived and um, I'll never forget. I was still living in Chicago at the time and it was like Game of Thrones entered my kitchen. My (laughs) son and I were sitting on the floor and I, and by the way, I ordered a 15 pound, which is a medium weight, definitely not where I would suggest people start. And so I have this thing sitting in the kitchen floor and I was like, I don't even know what this is, A, and B, I definitely don't know how to use it. So that sort of started this whole path of completing some certifications. Here we are these few years later, there's more and more certifications. There's more and more people using it. It's just a really, really great tool for any type of strength, but particularly for isometrics and for rotational strengths, shoulders, core, back, all the things. So you came onto this by accident? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I literally. I didn't, I didn't know that. I, I. A lot of people don't know. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and the funny thing is it changed the trajectory of our life. It's, it's really interesting. But I, yes, I was on the Onnit website looking for steel clubs. I don't know. I was a mom, like young mom. And that, you know, my son was still in those early days where I was probably really sleep deprived. I hit mace instead of clubs. I don't know. I, it just, it arrived. And so from there, I went back to at the time on it, which is in Austin, Texas here, uh, yeah. their training facility, right. And they, they do a lot of certifications for different things. And I went and did their certification and I met some folks there and I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. And I started to study it and practice it. And it just sort of, it was just really Yeah, it was just really life altering. You know, I had other things going on in my personal life that it entered at just the right time, I guess, to embrace something you don't know, something that's unfamiliar, something that can be scary to, you know, on the on the face of it. Like when people see a mace for the first time, if they've never seen one in real life, they tend to kind of like, what is that? Right. Yeah. It's a weapon. Right. So and it's it's it it has that you know, that you see the power right away. 
So it kind of collided with a time in my life where we were ready to make some different decisions. You know, one of those ultimately being moving on out of Chicago and now I'm down here and I train on it one-on-one. I mean, I train on it myself. I do Zoom classes. I do virtual training. It's just, and, and we'll see this year where it really starts to go. Yeah, and I want to go into that. But there's an opportunity here. I love that you took something so unexpected and didn't just say, this isn't what I ordered. I'm going to return it. Yeah. Like instead it became, I mean, literally life handed you a lemonade and you're like, right, well, I'm going to, I'm going to make this yes. a further part of my career. Yeah. You know, whether you want to call it signs or whatever, like it's, you know, it can, you, you could take this as one of those, like, like things don't happen by accident things. Right. Right. Comparably, I, about a month ago, I ordered my wife one of those Reebok step-ups, like adjustable yes. steps, something we could use at the house, very usable. Yeah. Instead, I received a raft, like a boating raft. That's <laughs> what I got. So now I'm starting to think that maybe I should have taken that as my sign to buy a lake house and become like a boating person. So maybe I missed my sign, Lori. Yes, yes. the universe it presents us signs we don't always recognize. <laughs> based on your story, I messed up. I missed an opportunity. I should no longer be doing this. I should be on a That's boat somewhere. Amazing. Yeah. So I think after this pod, this is my last podcast. After today, I'm going to go. I'm going to because they're still in my garage because yes. I there's no way I was going to put the effort into returning them. Right. Right. <laughs> Okay. You got a whole new future ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. This is a, this is a good takeaway here, but really though, this is so admirable that you took it. You know, you and I talked about this. It's going to be the word of the day. You and I talked about this idea of authenticity Yes. in our first episode. And I, I'd like to take it there because then, well, we were going to go there anyway, but now the way right. you presented it was it, you, you took something unexpected and yes. something you realized you enjoyed and, and you yes. ran with it. And it's, it's not, especially in our field, I'm sure in our, this is comparable anywhere, but especially in the fitness field, it's not always the way that people go. Right. So, you know, what, what made you kind of run with this as such a specialty? Well, so here's, what's interesting. When I was saying there was like a collision of moments in our life, mm -hmm. despite being a, a trainer and, and healthy lifestyle, there were some personal lifestyle choices that I was making changes in at the same time that I got that mace. For me, it was the decision to quit drinking alcohol, right? I, we just was, I'm Italian family, you can tell I'm talking over my hands, like <laughs> grew up on wine, you know, and I was at a point in my life, both professionally and personally, as a mom, as a coach, where I was like, you know, I think that this for me is getting past just social drinking. This is like too comforting, right? I didn't, there were, there were, there were many things erupting that I was like, this is probably the time, I think it was 40 at the time, I thought this is when I'm going to make a change. And so when this mace arrived and it was already, it was sort of like jumping into this unfamiliar new territory was not only emotionally manifesting, but it was physically manifested in this thing that arrived that I didn't know where it was going to go. And the reason I bring that in with authenticity is because when you make a habit change, particularly one that you realize is anchoring you much more so than you may have initially recognized, yeah. you know, you start to chip away and really reveal very deep things, right, about yourself. And having to get very raw and very authentic is actually incredibly liberating. I think on the surface, most people see it as fearful, but it's very liberating. Mm -hmm. And 
it opens and accesses an opportunity to find a deeper power, a deeper strength, and build that confidence, which is what I think we are short of as a culture and what we need to be cultivating in each other and in ourselves. And so it was just very interesting. I mean, it for me, it, it was a bit of a divine moment that I made this choice as a lifestyle change. And then this event occurs with this thing that's just seemingly a piece of workout equipment. And the two came together. And it, it truly, I mean, I laugh about it, but it truly changed the trajectory of everything. And so here we are four years later. And I think that some of my love with working with the mace is not just what it does as a physical tool, but what my personal experience was. And I have to say every single person whose hands I've ever placed it in and I've started to coach them through, you see it, you see this change inside. And you have to ask yourself after, especially this long in the industry, what is it that we're trying to do? That's what we're trying to do in people. We're trying to elicit change, right? Yeah. We're, we're trying to get them to acknowledge their authentic self, like who they really are. We all have masks and we all have habits and we have things that we, we conceal things with or we hide from or we, we create this protective bubble. But the more that we can get away from that and the truer we can be to who we are, again, the more confident you'll be, number one. And the more liberated you'll feel, you'll just you'll feel a more powerful life. I truly deeply believe that. I, I do too. And people need to give themselves the opportunity to find that. Yes. Right. And there's, and there's a lot, there's a lot of context that can go into that, but you know, some people, some people self-sabotage in a way they don't realize they're self-sabotaging, whether it be, yes. you know, we even talked about the example of, we have a lot of trainer friends and I was one of them for a long time yes. who became kind of collectors of education, collectors of certification. And they never, really never followed what they wanted to do. And they never dug down a tunnel that got them what they wanted we just constantly go through this life of what should I be doing? Why well, this yes. is the step I should be taking. Then I guess I take that step. Yes. Even if it's taking us farther away from finding our authentic self and what really is going to bring us true happiness, which is going to bring us the best version of ourselves too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I totally uh, you know. agree. I totally agree. I was, I mean, I'm the same way. And I, and it's not to say I don't incredibly, you know, highly value education. I think it's very important, especially in our industry because Unfortunately, it has been saturated with people dishing out terrible advice. Mm -hmm. I would go as far as to say dangerous in, in many cases, right? So, so knowing that somebody put in that effort and that time and that patience and was willing to take in information and consolidate it and utilize it, right, and, and help spread, spread it with people, right, is a great thing. But to your point especially as a practitioner in the industry of fitness, you, you can get so caught up in that you forget, like, what am I doing? Like I could have done a million things, right? Went to Northwestern. I have a degree in psychology. I could have done so gone so many different directions of why did I choose this? And again, it comes back to the fact that I think everything starts with us training, cultivating, facing our, our, really who we are inside. And there's a lot of ways to get to that. And I chose to be a guide for people that I bring it out through exercise, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, through, through fitness, through wellness, and it's not the tool that we use, but it's how we use those tools to, to bring that out in people. Yeah. And I, 
there's so much I want to unpack here. I, do you think, <laughs> do you think, and obviously you, you're a professional in this realm too, at least educationally. So that you're a good person to ask. Yeah. You know, if you read a lot of behavior change books, like I do, I, I, you know me, I'm fascinated by this, this concept of, I love psychology. Yes. Even you have the official degree, but as a trainer, a lot of us feel like we're kind of thrusted into that realm anyway, because we just deal with a lot of emotions and personalities and right. how people change behaviors. It's, it's kind of part of the job, even if it's not clinically part of the job. Right, right. But a lot of these behavior change books will tell you that there, there's no eliminating a habit. There's only replacing. Right. right. So for you, do you think for you personally, there, there was, was it that, there was that a replacement? So for you, that was someone oh. who was cutting out drinking was, was it a tit for tat thing? It was, it was a hundred percent. So what I did was very strategic. Because again, I was at a point where, you know, just being fully transparent every day ended, ended with wine, right? And it was like half a glass and a glass, and then it was two glasses. And then I was like, wow, this could easily be a bottle. And I know, mm-hmm. and I can only speak for on behalf of like moms, women, I, I know that that is a very, very common pattern that they fall into. And so what I did was I thought, okay, so one, this weird tool arrives that I got to figure out how to use, but then I place the time that I practiced it and trained on it when I had triggers for a drink. So like always my five to 7 PM timeframe that used to be like the, you know, pour the glass of wine (laughs) time went onto my deck and I, you can go through my Instagram way back and you will see a ton of nice videos that just start popping out on the deck in Chicago. That was exactly what I was doing. And again, I don't, you know, there's so many different opinions on how to change habits, right? I'm not an expert in that. I'm only speaking again what I I truly did Mm -hmm. and it worked. And that was change the triggers, change the environment, put something else in place of what was there, right? I also added in things like if it was a moment of particular anxiety. So what I didn't realize till I stopped drinking was how much I, how much anxiety I truly had, you know? And so sometimes it would be a walk with my dogs, but yes, there was not a cold, hard stop. There was a replacement of an activity. There was a, a strategy of doing it at the time that I would normally do the habit I was trying to change. And it also was replaced with something that required enough of my attention that it was almost distracting. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like you're so distracted by this thing and the work that I didn't even think about the fact that I was missing my glass of wine, you know? Yes. And I I, I think that's different for each person. I can't tell each person what that thing is, what their mace is going to be, right? Or what their thing is going to be, but it is not an impossible task. It is not nearly as overwhelming as we build up in our, in our minds. Well, it goes back to trying to find a way to, to really learn about yourself. Everyone thinks they know themselves, but that until we realize how much we don't. Yes. And if you can't find the, if you can't find your mace, if you can't find yes. your replacement, it's hard. But if you don't give yourself the opportunity to struggle a little bit and, and learning is a back and forth thing, right? Like you need some experience, but then right. too much becomes like, it's like you said, it yeah. can be, or the wrong experience. I have recently, so I have one and he's a listener. So Pat, you'll hear this, but I have my best friend has not had a, a legal drink in his life. He hasn't drank, you know, we, we're 36 years old now. Yeah. He, had, he hasn't had a drink since he was 20 years old. So it's been a long wow. time. So him and I have had this conversation a lot about the, the freeing nature. It was just this past year where I went, and it wasn't, I can't say it was on purpose. I went a yeah. long stretch, months without alcohol. 
I don't drink very often anymore anyway, but it was, but I was still, like you said, a, a glass three or four nights a week. Yeah. It, you, you think it's nothing. Yes. Since then I have had only, only the sparing, a very, very sparing glass here and there because yeah. it was during that time period that I, I got my mental acuity back. Yes. I became so much, my productivity, my sleep, my quality as a parent. And again, I'm not someone that was like, that you would deem had a problem. Right. However, I learned, I learned that I did because yeah. in a way I did, because it took away from me reaching my highest potential every day. The amount yes. of hours I became productive every day, truly productive, yes. increased exponentially. Yes. You, know? you are so a hundred percent nailed it. And you know, my, my driver for that change again was just a sense of dulling, right? I was like, I'm dulling. I'm not Mm -hmm. as sharp as a parent. I'm not as sharp as a, you know, a wife. I'm not as sharp as a coach. Like maybe this is part of the problem. And what's really interesting, again, I wouldn't deem myself as someone that has, however you classify, you know, a problem, an issue. I just was like, what's like the one thing I really do. And maybe I'm turning to it for reasons I don't want to admit to myself, but to your point, it literally, I, I can't tell people it was like someone took the compass and just spun it. Like it all changed that, that mental acuity, that clarity, that like, you know, I just felt reborn in a way, I guess, without being overly dramatic. That's kind of what it felt like. (laughs) It it was. And at least for me, and I realize we're talking a lot about like, this wasn't a planned topic exactly, but um, you know, this could be anything that could be debilitating somebody. It could be alcohol, it could be something else, whatever it might be. It it could be any negative, it could be eating, it could be negative food. Like there's a lot of things that might be could be a combination of things too, right? Sometimes they go hand in hand. Yes. For me, it was a forced thing. We're in COVID. We're not like, I realized, what am I doing? I'm not hanging out with friends. Like there's no reason for the, you know, so I, yes. I just happened to stop, but it's kind of, um, there's a pressure at least with alcohol and eating. I'll say, I mean, yes. actually I'm going to talk about both. Yeah. There's a, there's a pressure with alcohol and eating that comes a societal pressure, family gatherings, seeing friends, like it's always linked with these two activities. So sometimes we, and, and those activities are fun. They're enjoyable. So yes. sometimes we don't, we don't see them as the hindrance they might be. And right. it's very, it can be very societally hard to move away from activities yes. that are hindrance on us. Yes. No, that's where I think the importance of building authentic confidence I'm not talking about the phony kind. I'm talking about the kind where you, and I'm not, and I'm not going to tell anybody watching this, this is easy. This may be the hardest thing that you actually take on because the truth is I lost friends, you know, harassment, I would call from people and it comes in the form of jokes, but on repeat constant, you know, or the other comment you get, well, you must think you're better or that somehow I'm sitting in judgment where it was like these to these other people I wanted to say, you aren't even part of the equation. This is a hundred percent my own, you know, my own journey, whatever. Right. So it's not easy. And again, it doesn't matter if it's alcohol or it's food or it's whatever it is. You have to understand that if you've chosen, if some light bulb went off inside that whether on purpose or by accident that goes, gosh, maybe I should, maybe I should change this path a little bit. You have to equally accept that it's not going to be easy. Right. But On the other side of it, you build that authentic confidence, that true strength, that honestly, I don't want to end up like a lone person, but if I was left to myself, I would be fine. 
because I sit with myself knowing a hundred percent, I accomplished exactly what I wanted to do. I feel better. I feel happier. I feel sharper. And, and getting to that point's also made it easier when people kind of give you shit, you know, they're sort of like, yeah, come on one drink, one, what, you know, that won't hurt you or blah, blah, you know, then it is sort of a process and you do get over this hump where you're sort of don't take it so seriously. Like, don't they understand? I'm really trying to make this serious life change. Now I'm sort of like, yeah, no, I'm cool. It's good. Don't worry about it. You know? Well, and you realize it's a, it's more of a misery loves company thing. I'm going to drink and I'm going to eat bad. So why aren't you doing this with me? Right. And then there's like a guilt of, am I doing something wrong? And really that's where those jokes, those those passive aggressive type jokes really, really come from. I mean, again, speaking generally, but yes. Yes. But um, how many clients have you had uh, over the years? I'm thinking back to my Equinox days. I had several Mm -hmm. that we went through and these were people in terms of their actual physical being had where we were dealing with, you know, a morbidly obese situation, high cholesterol, like health, serious health issues to consider. And I'm thinking back on one in particular, an individual who the hardest conversation we had to say after a few months into training was the individuals that you are surrounding yourself, the life that you have created is probably not going to be very supportive of what you're doing. And that is a hard truth. And that is a reality, right? Yes. And so we had to sit down and have that come to Jesus of how badly do you want this? Because what I'm about to ask you to do is going to be maybe the hardest thing anyone's asked you to do. And, you know, for this person, just like the little habit of, okay, it's five o'clock, I'm going to practice mace instead of having a glass of wine. This person had to very slowly build almost a new life, right? Mm -hmm. With their old circle of people, there were a few that stayed. They're true, you know, connected people who supported this person, but there were many that he lost, but he rebuilt an entirely new community. He did, he got into new activities. He moved. I mean, and that's just, I know I, I, it's a scary, it's a scary thing for people and not everybody and not everybody's going to get there. I mean, that's just the truth. And you're not better than anybody. If you do, you're not stronger. You're not, it's just all things clicked and you, and you went for it. But if there's anything that I think people I would hope they take away is don't think it's not going to be scary because it is, but also know it's not impossible. Right. Well, and to continue your point from earlier, it, it does become easier when you find something that you want more than the activity. Yes. You know, so the, the mace showed up on your doorstep. You found something you really enjoyed. You probably didn't mind replacing, you know, like it, it right. was effort and it was still hard and it was still scary. Those things didn't go away. Right. But it became a little bit easier. Becoming a parent. Yes. And people assume this is always the case and it is not. I've, yeah. we, you and I both have worked with how many parents over the years that just because they became parents didn't mean they're like, great, fixing my health, fixing my habits, stopping this. That's it. My kids are everything. The kids right. are everything, but habits are still harder to change. Yes. For my, for whatever reason, mine did click that way. When I had yeah. my first son, there, there were light bul- enough light bulbs went off for me where I was like, what I'm doing isn't working. It's not, it's just not. Mm-hmm. So, so that was, so I, I truly did care about something more than anything else I was doing. I cared about something yes. so much more than myself. And then the, the business I had, but it was all linked back to my kids, the, this podcast, everything still links back to the life I want to build for them and the opportunities I can give them. So for me, yes. that's, that was my replacement. 
unfortunately, I, but I needed that. If yes. I didn't have my kids, I would not be sitting in the middle of my gym that I'm sitting in right now. I would not be talking to you on this podcast. I would not be starting my PhD this year. Like there, yes. I, I know that I wouldn't be. I just know I wouldn't be. I needed right. something bigger than myself. I would agree. I had the same experience. I mean, everything came back to my son, Leo. It was like one day. And why it was that day, I don't know. I looked at him and I thought, so as parents, we carry a heavy responsibility that our children are looking to us. As coaches who have dealt with people of a certain age, you realize that when you start working backward, the habits they have later in life started in childhood. And I remember looking at my son and I was like, so this is what he's going to think. It's five o'clock. Mommy has wine. Mommy has March, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm not sure that's where I want to go. And so to your point, I mean, I had this very similar. My son is like my universe and he was the ultimate driver behind the whole shift. Yes. And we're not telling people to go have kids. No. <laughs> what we're saying, we're There's saying is you got, you, you got to fight, but you got to find, yeah. you got to find the thing. And that you yeah. really do have to, like if you, yeah. the amount of people who are successfully changing their lives for the better, unfortunately, it is normally going to take a hit, yeah. a positive or negative. Some people yeah. it's, some people it's a death in the family. Some people it's a, a diagnosis of disease. Yes. And, and obviously a main theme of my podcast is trying to get people to, to change their lives before they take a negative hit. Yes. But it's gonna, but it's gonna take something big. You gotta find something that is is your mace, your kid, your job opportunity, yes, your your dream goal, whatever it is, you gotta find yep. something that becomes more important than the habit you're trying to change. But let's so but, but let's go into the parenting side because that's something that you and I share a lot of opinions on. Yes. <laughs> the idea of being an example. And for you and I, it's it's to our kids, but you don't realize some people are people who don't have kids the example yeah. you might be to other people. I think that's something that people miss on a little bit. Like you don't realize the people that are watching you. Yes. Your, your coworkers, your, your friends, your cousin who just watches you on social media, who you don't talk to, you know, you right. don't realize the influence you can be, but from a parenting side, it's so huge, isn't it? Cause you're right. Leo, my boys, like they're yeah. what, where they are at 35. We have, we have a lot of control over that now. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, maybe you can touch on that a little bit, you know, you know, yeah. you, you and your no, husband both sure. are, are so, you know, such good influences and such good people and, well, and how, and how that plays into your decisions every day. I mean, you, you always feel like, you know, you got these like big eyes looking at you and you're like, <laughs> oh yeah. my God, I hold your whole future here. Right. <laughs> and at the same time, Pressure, you're yeah. trying to raise them to be independent and autonomous. Like there's a, you know, there is a limit as you've created this creature, this human, but they have a huge role in how it all plays out as well. I think for us, again, it's it's hard because some of these things happen simultaneously. So like even the own, my own personal changes allowed me to see even more how to be a parent, but I had to kind of start them first, you know, so that I could figure out in my parenting, what was the, what was the ideal environment to create for my kid? Like, for example, you and I've talked about this, you know, we do what we do for a living. Everybody assumes if you're a coach or trainer, like there's like this stamp of, you know, you live this perfect life and it's can't be further from the truth. And I tell people all the time when it comes down to like nutrition with kids, because I know that's a big thing that we all struggle with. I personally, I made Leo's food for, I don't, maybe the first two and a half years. I mean, I did all the things like in the little ice cube tray and blah, blah, blah. It was amazing. The kid ate like everything. I was like, yay. And then one day, one day I was like, 
oh my God, he's going to be at a birthday party and he'll like never have had a happy meal. And I'll think I took this kid too far because I'm always trying to find balance. Mm -hmm. And also in our family, you know, we're eighties kids, seventies and eighties kids, right? Nutrition habits in that time were way different than now. (laughs) So we have grandparents that are influence influencers in our son's life. And they, for us, they're like, I want to be able to do this and this, right? And you start getting into this juggling of like, what is ideal without labeling anything good or bad, but you, it's just the reality is that as a parent, you're going to feel like some days you nailed it. And then some days like the wheels flew off, right? (laughs) And I think similar to wellness and lifestyle in general, you're trying to find like a balance point, right? Like it's not going to be perfect. So people are like, oh, your son probably never has had a happy meal. I'm like, oh no, he's had plenty of happy meals, right? (laughs) He loves ice cream. You know, he loves his mac and cheese and fries. I don't know any kid that's not like a mac. You're like, Mm -hmm. wow, there's more to life, but it's delicious. But, um, (laughs) you know, equally we try and balance it with, you know, protein and veggies and you just kind of go through the process. And I'm not a, I'm not a dietitian, not a nutritionist. I, I know what I know from my life as a coach, but a professional would be better to speak to exact ways to kind of guide a kid through that. But I think the emotional component as a parent is not to be overly hard on yourself. You're not seeking perfection. You're seeking balance and hopefully knowledge too. Like we, Leo's into sports and we're trying just, just little at a time. We're explaining to him how these, you know, this protein is important or carbs are important. Or this is why this is important for when you're out on the field. You know, we had plenty of times where I couldn't get him to eat and he had bonking. I call them bonking moments. Right. And the emote, I mean, water works like crazy sugar jumps. And I was like, buddy, this is why that happened, right? When mommy was trying to get you to have that snack at this time, this is what I was trying to avoid, right? So it wasn't perfect, but he's learning. And that's that's something that I think is important. And then it goes back to parents for themselves. Like we don't have to be perfect in our own habits, but they are watching our habits, right? Yes. And it makes the whole process smoother if you can try and align what's coming out of your mouth with what you're actually doing, you know? And kids are, in fact, they're learning from your, from your doing. They're learning from yes. watching. They're really not learning from listening. Yeah. They're not. That doesn't say they're not hearing anything, but for right. the most part, they're learning from doing. So this idea of, you know, it, we work with a lot of parents who had this method of guilt, this level of guilt for if I spend time on myself, I've worked on myself, I'm not working on the child. So I'm going to give right. the child what they deserve. In the meantime, I'm going to let my life deteriorate. Right. What they don't realize is the kid's watching your life deteriorate. So the kid's mimicking your deterioration. Yes. Like it's, 100%. it's, it's such this mixed up bundle. So intentions might be good, Yes. but if you increase exercise, if you're, if you, they watch you eating the healthy meals, if they, yes. they hear you prioritizing this stuff, that sticks. Yes. That's, that sticks to kids. Yes. And then you start to realize they're, they're seeing more than you think. My stepdaughter who's 10, it's a battle, of course, you know, talk about again, mac and cheese and, and she has it often, like she has it enough, but you know, we, I just want it to be three meals a day, every single yes. day. Yeah. You no. Know, and, and most of the time it's a battle, but then you get those questions where you realize, oh, you, you are realizing it, you know, Hey, I have this thing or we're at the grocery store and she's like, Hey, is this healthy? Just that yeah. question is like, oh, you're, you yes. realize that like, there's a, that's a thing. Health is a thing. And what yes. you put in your body is important. So yeah. 
but that came from showing, not from her listening to me. Right. Annoy right. her about food ingredients and, you know, so. Right. Right. No, a hundred percent, you know, and I know people do stuff like Leo and I go shopping. And again, I, I personally really tried to avoid the label or classification of good or bad only because mm-hmm. I've told them, but yeah, I have people that are in their fifties that I've worked with that it's so ingrained, good, bad, good, bad. And I'm like, if you're just ping ponging between the two, you're going to drive yourself, you know, bad shit crazy and you're not going to get where you want to go, you know? And so it's the same thing. It's like, well, what are we trying to achieve? Right. I want energy. I want to feel that power when I want to hit the ball, you know, out on, out in my game. So what do I think is going to give me more energy? Is that thing going to give me more energy? I mean, there's all to your point, all different ways of presenting that information and getting it to sink in, but they definitely are a monkey see monkey do kind of (laughs) creatures. Yep. And so are, so are your friends who are giving you grief for not drinking. So are your friends who are like, I can't believe you're not going to order that pizza with me. Yeah. It's hard in the moment, but what you realize is you, that's, it's an opportunity. It's also a chance to, to be the good example that eventually is going to stick with spouses. I mean, this is the conversation I've had. I don't know how you've handled these conversations, but when people say like, my husband doesn't want to eat healthy with me. Yes. My goal, my, my answer is always the same. It's don't worry about it. Do yeah. your own thing. Eventually the example will settle in and it always does. If you can stay consistent long enough, it yes. will, it will stick. But if you try to force something that someone's not ready for, it typically yes. doesn't happen. Yes. So the same yes. lesson carries over to adulthood. Yes. It totally does. And that's the other thing. I mean, years of training, I've had plenty of situations where a spouse has seemingly not only not been supportive, but almost appeared to try and sabotage the work. Right. Mm -hmm. And as a coach, it puts you in a very precarious position because you're now inserted into these relationship that you're like, oh my God, I'm just trying to help this person get healthier, (laughs) but it's unavoidable. Right. And to your point, I I usually have a very similar response in that just do you, right? Just let it start to unfold as it will, that people have to keep in mind, if somebody comes to you upset, irritated, whether it comes through as a joke or as a, you know, stronger, aggressive attack about something you are doing to better yourself, it is on them, not you, period. Like- And I know it's hard and it's harder until the strength catches up to kind of hold your ground, but you must, you don't have to force it. You don't have to, we don't, I mean, to be honest, we got three of us in this house. When it comes to dinner time, pretty much three of us are eating three different things. I mean, it's, we have three different needs. We are all Mm -hmm. in a different time in our day, with different activities, different likes. I mean, and I'm not like, you have to eat, you know, my chicken (laughs) or whatever it is, you know? And again, always circling back to the more authentic you are. And I think that authenticity and confidence go together. I mean, I think they are absolutely required. There's like the positive negative, right? I mean, they just, they got to go together that the more that you, you build that within yourself, it makes having to deal with all these spiraling issues in your relationships, whether it's as a spouse or as a parent or within a family unit, easier to deal with just less overwhelming and less likely to have what you've built torn down and collapse. Uh, it's, if anything, I think what we've gotten out of today is this idea that what, if you can do that, if you can find your authentic self, it's like a fixer of everything because you're yes. right. People are going to leave you, yes. but, but people are going to leave you are people that you 
you are better off without, without a doubt. Right. You're going to help other people because, because the people that don't leave with you, you're not going to be an example for. Yeah. I've always, I've, I like the, uh, the comparison of, you know, motivation is like a fire. I don't know where it starts, but you got to keep fueling it. Yeah. Every time you bring someone with you, you, you fuel your own fire, you build your yes. own. So every time someone's like, Hey, thank you for being a good example. That, that yes. got you another month of, of good behaviors. They got yes. another month of, of wanting to eat right and wanting to work out and want to go to the gym. Yes. So it just, everything just then starts to just fuel. And that's the favorite part of what, what we do for you and I, when you see that person, when that clicks, cause you can't explain that Mm-mm. it's such an unexplainable thing. But when that clicks, when that light bulb goes off, it's, it's almost, it's kind of like we've done our job. That's it. Yes. Like that's like, that's the culmination. Maybe not, maybe the person hasn't lost X amount of pounds yet, or they haven't done exactly what they want to do long-term. But yeah. in my mind, that's when I've done my job, when the light bulb truly goes off. Yes. And that's yes. Such, it's such a cool thing. It's oh, it's cool so thing. amazing. I was telling my boss at um, the row house. So we have a manifesto wall, the row house. We have all different sayings that we use. We say one boat, one stroke. We have things where we coach it true to the sport of rowing. And, and you get into this thing called swing. It's where the rhythm of your stroke is in sync with one another. Mm-hmm. And it's literally a power that is palpable. Like you just, you feel it. Right. And he, we were talking the other day about where we are in our life. We're both in our mid forties and how we got here and the good decisions and the bad decisions. And I said, you know, the reason I do this is exactly to what you're talking about. I was like, I call it watching someone walk into their power. It is that moment that it illuminates. And you realize that at that point, they will never turn back. They may change direction, but they will never, ever turn back to where they were. And you watch this revelation in themselves of what they are really capable of, what they really can do. And it's almost like they, it's a combination of them surprising themselves and being proud of themselves and also being like shocked. You just, and it is indescribable. And I said to Ruben, I was like, this is why I do that. Maybe it's selfish of me because it feels so good. It's like my drug of choice is to see somebody else recognize that. And as a society, I think it's important because could you imagine if we could just get a little bit of that in each person, what we'd really be capable of? I mean, ordinary people do extraordinary things every day, but if we got more of us ordinary people feeling like superheroes, really inside, I I don't even know. The sky's the limit. I don't know what we'd be capable of. Sky's the limit indeed. And you're right. That's if it, that's the way for our society to, to be fixed from what it is, is we need to keep spreading that. Cause one, it, it only takes one more, it takes the next person. And it's all you can yeah. do. I, I very well said, Lori. So, so cool. And it's, I, I hope this empowers people out there to, to want to go figure out what the hell we're talking about. Cause if you don't know yet, that means you're not, you're not there yet and you got to figure it out. And if yes. we're going to put steps to this, you got to find yourself, you got to find your true happy point, your true motivator. Yes. And then, and then you have to watch the cascade happens because it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's a really, really yes. cool thing. You mentioned row house, you know, I, and that's something you do. And the, we talked about maces. Yeah. What's next for you? What are you working on? What are we going to see a, accomplished the next one, five, so, 10, 20 years? Gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. So I, well, it's funny. Cause when I, to be honest, when, you know, everything changed with the trajectory of the mace, right. And I came down here, I wasn't, I wasn't even a group. I mean, I love group fitness, but I was like, I'm not a group fitness person. That's a different personality. And I do believe because of all that work I did in those few years, it, when the opportunity presented itself, I was like, 
yeah, I'll go for it, right? So I'm at that point now with the steel mace. I'm working with someone here in Texas, a younger, smarter tech mind <laughs> who's helping, Not you know. Me, no, I am like, I, this, this young man is amazing. Um, you know, to create, I'd like to create a series of videos that are available for people to learn the fundamentals. I do train the mace very traditionally. So the easiest way for me to describe it, if you took the basics of strength and conditioning, sets, reps, volume, all of that, and apply it to your basic mace movements, push, pull, squat, hinge, and rotation, right? I kind of lean towards some of the heavier stuff. Ultimately, I love that. I think when people can get there, it's great, but they have to start on the lighter, which typically, in my opinion, is a 10-pound mace. That's where everybody, I don't care how strong you are, what you mm -hmm. do, I think everyone should start there. So they learn grip regulation, you know, because there's there's a lot of isometric work that I think if you build first, then you understand the more sophisticated movements. So getting that content out in that medium, I do do my Zoom classes. I have two Zoom classes a week. This going into 2021, one is going to be how to build a complex. So similar to a kettlebell where you have like a long cycle, right? A complex with the steel mace is, is a few moves that you do that are linked together pretty seamlessly. But my moves aren't necessarily artistic in nature. They're more strength and conditioning, right? Like how do you move to, from like a snatch or clean into like, you know, something with a lunge, whatever it is. Yeah. And then I do my one-on-one -on -one virtual. So for now, building that at least into, into 2021. And I have some long-term goals. I don't say them out loud very often, but yeah. I will say here, there's one I've, I've had for a long time and I just, I haven't figured it out. So I'm being very honest with this. When I, my personal experience with the mace was clearly so impactful that I have thought that if I could get this into the hands of people struggling with really difficult things, for me personally, there is, you know, the issue of human trafficking throughout the world is something that I personally feel pretty passionate about. And I've spent the last few years trying to learn more and understand what's going on. Being able to create something for survivors of that, that incorporated either fitness, wellness, maybe mm -hmm. the mace, and helping them with that process of coming out of, of trauma and finding that power and not letting what maybe happened to them be their definition of themselves. Because in my own little world, that was very much more insulated. And fortunately, I didn't go through any kind of trauma like that. Right. I did learn that things I was holding on to do not define who I am, right? I was right. able to find a new authentic self. So that is, I would call like a stretch goal, is figuring that out down the road, how to bring this to a group of people that maybe it's, it's not innate, right? They, they don't have yes. exposure to it. They don't have access to it, you know, and there's going to have to be a lot of moving parts and a lot of assists <laughs> to make yeah. that happen. But I'd love to be able to do that. Uh, Lori, very, very cool. If it helps you, that means it's a, it's a thing. I and mean, it's going to help a lot of other people out there. Yeah. So I, yeah. I know you're just the first of many. Um, yeah. So you're, and you're the perfect person to do something like this. It's just, this is up your alley. And as always, let me know how I can support anything you do. Ever. Thank you. And speaking of that, people are going to want to find you after this. So how do they find you? Where can I send people? So the best way right now is my Instagram. That is my business account. And that is where I post all my stuff. It is Coach Verda. We changed the name to just Coach Verda, one word. That is my best 
the, again, the best kind of drop right now for where I am in the bio. We are building currently, you know, there'll be a website coming up with links to how to purchase these videos when they come out. But that's that's the best way to reach. And I'm, I am, I'm kind of old school, right? You just <laughs> message, direct message me. I respond to every single people. I'm blessed, feel blessed to be working with people throughout the world, right? And so people do get a mace or they have any kind of training, but, you know, mace is sort of my developed in my area of specialty. Like I said, we zoom do one-on-one sessions. There's these, we don't, we're not limited anymore. So yeah. So my Instagram is probably the easiest, quickest way to get a hold of me or kind of see what I do. Very cool. Well, for listeners that are, that are on, please go check out Lori. You will not be disappointed. <laughs> Thank you. Every, every day I get a, I get to see a post that motivates me. And so thank you for that. Laura, this has been awesome. Really, really great. Thank you. This is such an honor. Thank you for including me. And your podcast is amazing. So I'm truly honored to be a part of it. Thank well, you. I appreciate it. It's, it's amazing because of guests like you. So this is what this is what makes it good. So, <laughs> so thanks for your time. Hang out for a second. For everyone else, have a great rest of your day. And uh, we will see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Lifestyle as Medicine podcast. Find more episodes like this at www.lifestyleasmedicinepodcast.com and visit www.marhealthandperformance.com and at marhealthandperformance on both Facebook and Instagram for more great content and information about programs. Have a great day and see you next time.